Und willkommen to Sharktoberfest, a month-long celebration of shark movies and German beers and and just fish in general, probably. I am your host, Logan Nielsen, and joining me is my co-host and resident brewmeister, Dustin Pixley. Hello, Dustin. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm wonderful. Or Bundavar, if you will. Ooh. Ooh, wunderbar. Yes. You will also, throughout this podcast, find out how little German we actually know. So little. It's so little. We took a, Did you take it in high school? I did not. I took Spanish. You took Spanish in high school. That is more practical. Not really with the teacher we had. We colored. We colored often. <laughs> Just a lot of coloring books. Essentially. Uh, full disclosure, up top, Sharktoberfest. Came up with the name first, thought of the show later. So I'm just going to let you know that right Some now. Some hard winging it. It's going yeah, on I've had, I've had the word Sharktoberfest in my head for a couple of years. And then uh, Dustin and I started talking one day and just figured out how to make a show out of it. So we are going to be watching shark movies and uh, reviewing them, getting into them, getting into the making of them. Uh, stuff like that. We're also going to get into research about about either about the movies or about sharks. We have a bunch of different uh, factual things, so hopefully you learn something from this. And while we're doing all that, we're going to be pairing it all with a uh, German fest beer or German fest beer. Excuse me, a delicious Oktoberfest. Let me help uh, my friend <laughs> yeah. Logan out here. <laughs> yes, that's right, an Oktoberfest beer. Uh, we're going to do a different one each episode. Um, and we're going to be doing this is just for the month of October. We're going to be every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in October. Uh, is going to be our Sharktoberfest. Uh, so there's hopefully going to be like 12 episodes of film, fish, and finely crafted German brews. Huh? Do you like no, that? That, that was hey, pretty good. That was uh, real good. That was pretty good. Dustin, what are we pairing today? Well, first off, should we introduce our movie, I guess? Yeah, I suppose we should talk about what uh, what we'll be viewing. What, do you, what are we going to be watching today, Dustin? Uh, we are going to go ahead and tackle Jaws. That's uh, probably the most iconic. Yeah, you know, the thing about Jaws is it's known for being very good. The end. It's a, of shark movies. It's a very good one. Maybe the one. Maybe the one good shark movie. Yeah, I'd, I'd have probably. To, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's other ones I like, but I'd say it's the only one that's a truly good the, yeah, film. Yeah, as far as a shark movie goes, you're going to put that one as an actual good movie and not a good shark movie. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. That's yeah. a good way of putting it. So uh, we'll be. Uh, it seemed like an obvious one to start with, right? And uh, Dustin, as our brewmeister, yes. What what. Oktoberfest beer have you decided to pair with Jaws? I decided since Jaws is such a classic, we're going to start with the uh, Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest. Okay. They've been around since the 80s. Okay. Um, Ken Grossman started the company. <laughs> he, uh, he he cobbled together his first brewery out of old stainless steel milk tanks. So. Wow. Yeah. Which, you know, the messy nature that Jaws was made, which we'll get into later. <laughs> yeah. But it was, a, you know, it was kind of a... Uh, they were making it up as they went, almost. Would it be fair to say same thing with Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest? I think that's very fair. Good. Yes. Because I wasn't going to cut it out. So if you would have said no, I would have found a different co-host. <laughs> no. I know you have a couple on standby. I saw yeah. them upstairs. <laughs> yeah. You're sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, wa- I made you walk by <laughs> your, your competition on the way down. You're just like a real casting couch. Is how, <laughs> is how I do I'm it. not sucking your dick. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. And listen. I might. <laughs> let's crack open these uh let's, sierra let's, nevadas let's get after them Ooh, that was good mm. Mm. that just sounds good sierra nevada let's get a little come here a little uh, little cheers wow that doesn't it sounded i was hoping for more of a clink but it, right. just, it just sounded like a very anticlimactic yeah, that was very Sierra Nevada Brewing Co. Where is Sierra Nevada out of? Uh, Chico, California. Not Nevada at all, huh? No. no but, the, but the Sierra Nevada is the, in California. The mountain range, yeah. Yes. Uh, to read the back of uh, the alcohol content, 6% by volume. Yes. That's nice. 12 fluid ounces. You want that in a bottle. You want 12 ounces. Typically. Um, 28 IBUs. Yes. Yes. Uh, our Fest beer is a refreshing ode to a beer's biggest party. Toasty malts and German hops yield notes of fresh bread and floral, fruity character for a balanced, crisp lager that makes any moment festive. 
I'm feeling festive. I don't know about you. I'm feeling festive as fuck, Dustin. I can see it. I can yeah. feel it. I'm wearing lederhosen right now. And it's beautiful. Yeah. Woo! Only a little tight. It still looks nice. Aw. Thanks, bud. I feel like we're going to be in love by the end of this. We've already. I feel like we're already flirting way too hard be in love. for just for two buddies. What do you think I'm here to, for? I don't, I don't get this. podcast together. Do you have any more information about the Oktoberfest beer or... Uh, not so much the beer, but the festival itself. Oh, that's true. Maybe you have dive some, into that a bit. I think that'd be a good idea. Let's get yeah. into, let's just touch a little bit on what Oktoberfest is, yeah. because like you had brought it before we started recording. There's probably some people who are going to say like, "Well, hey, man, Oktoberfest is in October. It's in September." But well, as I learned in my little researchy research, uh, I found out the first one took place in October twelfth, eighteen ten. Eighteen ten was the first Oktoberfest. Oh yeah, they've been around for a while. What was it celebrating? So it was a marriage between a future king. Uh, okay. Prince Ludwig and a princess. I'm gonna fuck this up, but Do here it. we go. Please fuck it up. A Therese of Saxony, Hildenbrauchhausen. Ooh. See, you put the stank on it though, and I think you saved it. What? Uh, you have any other information on that? Uh, a little bit here and there, you know. <laughs> Please tell me now. You want to know now? <laughs> yeah, I think we know shouldn't that. wait. Yeah, I think we should cover it now. I think it would be good. We brought it up. We brought it up. Okay. Uh, so the reason it is in September was they moved it back a few weeks for weather. You know, gets Wh- a little chilly chills. When did that happen, that they decided to change it from October to September? Oh, 1818. Okay. And the it's first- not that. I read the wrong note. That's when they put in beer and food stands. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. So- I-, I don't have in my notes when it changed. <laughs> Just, okay, just, fair enough. Listen, it just did. <laughs> it just did at some point. That's right. Okay. <laughs> what was the 1818? That was... That's when they brought in food stands and beer stands. Before that, it was just a party. They didn't really have stands set up, like concessions, if you will. Okay. I just find it funny that it says that, because it basically is saying that to be an authentic Oktoberfest celebration, you need food stands and beer stands. Is there another way? I don't, it just it's just funny to see it documented historically to be like yeah and then you make it kind of look like a state fair <laughs> <laughs> essentially yeah and then there you go you got an Oktoberfest you set yeah the word Marzen is more traditionally what Oktoberfests are called which is March in Germany okay and that would be the season when they would brew the beer and they would oh. store it till late summer uh, early fall because so they didn't d- they didn't have the technology back then when brewing beers yeah to to just crank them out right had to be in certain times but so what you're saying is october vest takes place in september and is named after march yeah is what you're saying to <laughs> yeah me right it's now. a whole interesting yeah well fantastic that's the the beer we are drinking and as we mentioned the film we are watching is jaws uh 1975 directed by steven spielberg based on the book by peter benchley who co-wrote the screenplay yep with carl gottlieb uh starring roy scheider Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, and Lorraine Gray. Cameo by Peter Benchley. He he does appear in it. Uh, of course, the very famous score by John Williams. Um, most famous scores are by John Williams. Um, it's like him and... Elfman, maybe? Maybe Elfman. I'd, I'd say Elfman's the most famous score would probably be the Simpsons intro. Yeah. he's He's got a very famous style. Right. The, well, the, as far as recognizable... Yeah, yeah, like I'd say of like of scores of like a song I heard and knew. The only I, if I heard a song that was in Elfman's style, I'd be able to be like, is that Danny Elfman? But the only song I'd be able to like peg as his, you know, I lied. Beetlejuice theme. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, and maybe uh, Ennio Morricone, who did uh, Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. He's got that. You know the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got that, so the ecstasy of gold and stuff like that. Those would be the ones I could probably just immediately. You, you know, know who this is, yeah. Or yeah. or Hans Zimmer strictly uh, strictly from Inception of uh, <laughs> that was a pure stroke of genius there. It kind of was. It was. I mean, you know, yeah. But uh, so anyway, so Jaws will be the movie we're watching. Dustin, should we go watch Jaws? Logan, let's go watch Jaws. Maybe go- maybe hold hands. Let's hold hands and watch Jaws. <laughs> Done. Perfect. Right. It's all psychological. You yell Barracuda. Everybody says, huh? What? You yell Shark. We've got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. Oh, well, all right. We just finished 
watching Jaws. Um, now, I, Dustin, I've seen this movie quite a few times in my life. Still good. Still good. Holds it's up. Still Holds up. A good movie. Yeah. Every time I watch it, I'm waiting for it to not hit me. Yeah. As to, hard to be hokey and it's just, yeah, it just doesn't. I, I'm waiting to see the seams in it, and I really don't. It's just a, a genuinely well-made movie. What gets me? Yeah. My favorite thing is the extras and their dialogue. Yes. Yes. Like the man talking to himself, chasing the naked girl in the beginning. Yeah. That. Well, and that's that's kind of. Uh, that's very Spielberg in the 70s. Because one of the things I always notice about this movie, it's the same thing I notice about in like um, Close Encounters has it and a couple other his movies in that era where they'll just have a bunch of conversations happening at once, which was very of the 70s because that was like, um, it's very like Robert Altman. Did you ever see the movie MASH? No. Or any nope. of his movies? Okay, but like his movies, he always has people in the foreground and the background just having conversations yeah just actually talking instead of the usual movie where their lips are moving and nothing's coming out well or you just have like generic these are are the people who are the focus of the scene you will only hear them right because jaws has that too quite a bit where um especially when there's all the the you know like the the meetings with the town council and where like on the dock when they have the fish hung up when they have the the shark hung up there will be someone talking in the foreground two people talking and then in the background you'll hear that conversation pretty equally which is very of the 70s, and it's very naturalistic. So much background in that movie. Yeah, there's so much. All the time. When all the people around, there's so you can hear so many different conversations. And what's kind of interesting, especially in like the town council and on the dock and stuff, it kind of doesn't matter what everybody's saying. It's more just about the energy of what's happening. Yeah, you can just tell everyone's super excited. and Yeah. You know. Everyone's so focused on what's happening at hand. Because like when they first get into the, the town council after the first death from the shark everyone just kind of is coming in like they're walking through the hallway just having a really loud conversation you know every like brody has like ends up talking like three different people the mayor is talking to somebody someone's trying to write there's like no focus really there's no focus you're just seeing the scene which and but that that non-focus almost sells the point of it more because everyone's just panicked you see everyone has their own perspective of what they think because you hear so many people just be like well i don't think that or that you know and then once they get in there, the only line when it finally comes together is then the one guy leans over. He's like, so is that bounty in cash or check? And then it cuts away. And like, yeah. you, everyone's like, oh, no, just, I don't like that joke. Yeah. <laughs> that one lady in front is like, I don't think that's funny. I don't find that funny at all. I'm sorry. I don't find that funny. <laughs> that energy is going the whole time, which I don't know, really sells the idea of this this town that's finally having to deal with this crisis. Because like Brody says in the movie, there hasn't been a murder or a shooting in 25 yeah, years nothing. in that town. Nothing happens in that town. And they don't want to accept it, clearly. They don't want, exactly. They don't want to accept the things happen. And everyone's just caught up in their own their own self-interest of just like, well... Right. How can I make... you know? Because these obviously are influential people in the town, so they're going to be the ones making exactly. money. And what does a shark in town mean for me? Right. You know, which is... It, everyone's very selfish, even though they all pretend it's about the town. Well, we can't shut down the town. It will hurt right. the town. But really, it's like, well, how it'll hurt me. Yeah, I mean, you mean you won't be making any more money <laughs> yeah. this season. Because even that lady who says the, uh, that's funny, I'm sorry, that's not funny to me. She's the one, at one point I hear her say something, she's like, well, my hotel, though, I need, you know. Exactly. In one of the scenes, there's a just a cut to her where she says that. It's like everyone just has this reason why. No, everyone in that room has a reason why they need that town to be open. Exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't know how much we need to really get into the story of jaws like jaws has been it's one of the movies that's probably been written about the most um you see it everywhere you see it everywhere everyone even if you haven't seen jaws you know things from jaws we, if were, if, we were watching it yesterday yeah me and megan and she got on her snapchat we watched it together dustin just now <laughs> the other day megan was bringing up her snapchat and we were talking about jaws yeah and her friend had a jaws t-shirt on really and it's just like it's so out there in the culture it is i've shown so many people the movie jaws who have never seen it but they do know they know the movie you know what it is there's no way you've not heard of it everyone knows you need a bigger boat you're gonna need a bigger boat everyone knows that but uh one of my friend my friend rob kushel who's a very funny stand-up comedian um said one of my favorite things ever where i he said the he just goes gonna need a bigger boat uh more like gonna need a smaller shark (laughs) and it's maybe my, (laughs) my favorite just off the cuff joke anyone's it's so stupid he's not wrong it's still he said it a couple years ago and it's still very funny to me (laughs) um 
but yeah, it's, and it's one of those too. Like, uh, there, I think there's a full podcast about the making of Jaws. There's books written about it. Like, there's there's so much about Jaws. So it, it's so in the culture. Everyone knows the theme. The da da Everyone knows a lot about Jaws. Um, I think most yeah. People, even if you haven't seen it, you know about Jaws. Yeah, you probably know how it ends. Even though I feel like kids these days, young kids probably ah, kids know these about days. Jaws. These days, these days, these days. I bet they know about Jaws. They probably do. I mean, because again, it's the one really good shark movie. Yeah, again, <laughs> you know. But the one thing we were talking about before we started recording was how the one thing though that's weird about watching it now is how closely it resembles America right now, <laughs> almost to a T, which is scary. It's really upsetting. So, like for for those of you who don't know, real quick, there's a small town. Called Amityville. Where's it? Where's that? It's in. It's in New York, right? Is it's it on the New coast. York? Is it on the or coast no? Maybe up, I don't know. It's up on the East Coast, I guess. That's because I think they shot it at Martha's Vineyard, wherever that is. They did shoot it at Martha's Vineyard. You do yeah. have that. Um, it's Amity, not Amityville. Yeah, Amity. Because Amityville is the the horror. Yes, that's that's where a house kills people, not sharks. Yeah, house shark. House sharks. Yes. Is there a, should we is there a movie called House Shark? There's gonna be. <laughs> we'll write it. East Coast. Let's just say it's, it's East an, Coast. It's an island up in the East Coast. It's East Coast. It's uh, it's a town called Amity. Uh, Martin Brody, played by Roy Scheider, um, who doesn't get enough credit, I think, as an no. actor. I know it, in the time he did because that and like French Connection and uh, all that jazz, stuff like that. He's a great actor. Every time I watch this movie, though, he's just such a great naturalistic everyman. Do you know how he got the part? No, I don't. So he walked up to Spielberg at a party, mm-hmm. and they had cast. And he said, if you make a fucking shark movie, I want to be in it. Close. Because <laughs> he was talking about how he had cast already, and he's like, well, I could play that guy. Why don't you cast me? That's perfect. Boom. Right? I love that. That's how he should get that part. Because what did, what did Spielberg make before this? Not much. No, he was so new to... Because this was like his first big studio, and he would have done Sugarland Express. Yes, and, and then and convinced Duel, him to stay on. Because Duel was a TV movie. Okay. I know um, there was another movie he was going to do instead of Jaws, but they, yeah, like I said, they convinced him to stay oh, on. Oh, really? And... So he does this movie. Um, he does this... What a terrible segue I just did. He, but, he, but he did that movie he, hard. He done, he done did the movie. But so anyway, Roy Scheider plays uh, Martin Brody. He's a police chief. He's... He's in charge of Amity now. He comes from New York City. He's from New York, and this was like a change, a slower pace town. Yeah, yep. Because he mentions how you just can't catch up on the crime in, in New York. In New City. York, you feel like you, you uh, can't make a difference, but yeah. in, but in Amity, one man can make a difference. He one says, man will make a difference. Will make a difference. He says when he's uh, drunk on Hooper's boat. But so he's in charge of. This, so the start of the movie starts with that the iconic, you know, the woman getting sloshed around, you know, and killed by a shark. And right away from the from jump, Brody's like, "We got to shut down the beaches." Yeah, there, he, there's he a shark. Rushes out to the local hardware store, gets some signs, gets some paint. He's ready well, to go. Listen, they got to get signs because the town is so dependent on beaches, and nothing ever happens yeah. there. They've never closed the beaches yeah. down, so they have no beach closed signs. And there's there's a great little there's a great little moment at the beginning of the movie because this town nothing ever happens in this town, and it's a little line of dialogue that delighted me that I, I forget about every time I watch it. But it's when uh, when Brody goes back to his office and he's gonna he's calling in. He gets called from the coroner and stuff. His secretary walks in and she comes in. And she goes, "Turns out that karate class is getting out of hand. The kids are out there karateing the picket fences." <laughs> it, that's such a great. Just that one line is such a perfect world building line to show you just how. How trivial is town? Nothing happens in that because she's also kind of worked up about it. The kids are karateing. They're karateing the picket fences. I like it better when you see said fence karateed when he gets the supplies, and that man stops him in the street. Yeah, and you can see the the picket fence has been no, karateed. Really? Oh, oh, I yeah. haven't even seen that. Oh, that's oh, yeah. such a great detail. I oh, haven't yeah. even seen that. It was it was karateed. The really, shit out I watched of. this movie like ten times. I've never seen that. That's really good detail. Well, and that's something Spielberg always does so well of the of just little moments how to build the world i for me if you want like a master class of it excuse me a master class of it is jurassic park oh man the way they dole out information so subtly in that movie you don't even realize you're absorbing it um because like in the beginning when sam neill gives his speech he's like oh when the raptor sees it you think its vision is based on movement like a t-rex so you don't do anything and then boom you don't even realize you were just given that information which isn't even necessarily true because we don't know about t-rexes or anything but for the rules of the movie it's been laid out now and you know it 
when they're on the tour on the car and they're looking out and you just hear the voiceover in, on the tour guide just saying, you know, oh, the Dilophosaurus or the, yeah, the yeah, the, Dilophosaurus they, they, has they, the they foreshadow all these little things. It has things. the venom that when it spits at first, it causes blindness, then paralysis. It's so in the background, you don't even realize you're being given it. Yeah. That's something Spielberg's so good at is the way he doles out information. And Jaws is really good about it because especially in Jaws, there's not a lot of information to give out. No, they, they pepper in little shark facts when he's just reading the book. And little then... shark facts about that and, you know, a little just little things about the town, but it's more about it peppers in the motivations of the people of the town. Yeah, and why they're acting the way they are. Exa- yeah. So Brody tries to shut down the beaches, but the mayor won't let him. And the mayor makes the coroner redact his uh, shark. His Yeah, originally it's shark attack. But he makes him change it to, yeah, a boating accident. Sure, a boat, of course, yeah, yeah. Could have done Happens that. Happens all the time, two in the morning. And it was it was hard for both of us to watch this and not just think about Draw how coronavirus huge, huge is. Huge parallel to what is happening. And <laughs> I'm just like, well, we got to reopen, though. We have to. We have to. The beaches. Exactly. Oh, the town depends on it. It was... It, it was baffling how like every line the mayor says, you're just like, well, that's being said right now about COVID. That was, that's the thing. So much has been said about Jaws, but viewing it from that lens was very, very weird. Yeah, it was like immediately I, I connected with that. We talked about it as soon as we sat down and we're just like... Yeah. yeah, but it's like as it was happening, like I was just calling out things like when then all the people come, all the tourists come. It's just like, hey, well, there's colleges reopening, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, well, you know, shark attacks. Well, there's only two people dead. Not you like know? to equate the uh, beaches to bars nowadays. I think that's absolutely pretty close parallel. Absolutely. Uh, my girlfriend had a great observation where once Brody finally pulls the mayor off to the side and the mayor starts breaking down, being like, oh, I don't you know, I was just trying to think of the best town that was like, oh, she just goes, oh, that's the Bob Woodward interview. <laughs> that's, that's, just, that's the recording of him admitting what he actually knows. <laughs> if you haven't watched Jaws in a while, watch it now. Because right now, the current moment right now in America is a very strange lens to is, watch Jaws America through. is Amity. America is Amity. Starts with the same two letters. Boom. But yeah, that, that was a hard thing to, to not see. It was impossible. It. I think if you're if you're aware of what's happening, you, I, you... I was trying so hard to, to at a point being like, all right, get that out of your head. But every new thing the mayor said was just like, well, holy shit! Was, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm just like, well, we'll have a panic on our hand. We can't, you know, we can't say anything, you know. Yeah, it's 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 essentially the hey, if we stop testing, there won't be new tests. Exactly, exactly. If we're not looking okay. for sharks, we won't find a shark. Exactly. You know. But the thing with this movie, what what's interesting about it, every time. Uh, I watch it. It's it's basically, it's almost two movies in one. The first half is Amity, the sh- the initial shark attacks, and then the second half is on the boat when it's it's Brody Hooper played by Richard Dreyfus and Quint played by Robert Shaw. Um, that's almost its own new movie. It yeah, basically it kind of it's cut almost in half too. If you look, yeah. it's about an hour in is when they get on the boat. So it is, it's, yeah. it's, and it's and it's a two hour movie and. That's a that's a huge strength to the movie is that it's basically two different movies in one. Because I think if you were only dealing with it on the beach from that perspective of just in the town, there's a shark out in the water. I don't think the tension could grow any higher. No, the fear's not going to be there until the shark is like pursuing them. And because you have those those three shark attacks, the one at the very beginning of Chrissy, uh, and then later when the the little boy gets killed, and then the final last one when. They're reluctantly kind of open. No one wants to go in the water, but the mayor convinces them to go out. Isn't that the worst shit ever, too, though? When he's sitting in a suit and he fucking, what are you doing? Get in the water. It's like, are you fucking serious, man? Yeah. Well, you got to, you know, we got to reopen. We got (laughs) to. Yeah. Again, again, I I, I don't want to keep going back to that, but. It's hard. It's it's, no, it's so hard not to see that watching it this time. Yeah. Uh, Even that, too. Just like him. Why don't you get out in the water? No one's swimming. It's like, well, we we have a great economy. We have to open it. We have to. (laughs) This is the best water. There's no better water. There's no better water. It's a perfect water. Brilliant water. Highest ratings. That whole half is hard not to see it. Uh, The second half of the movie is them trying to rush a vaccine. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll shoot it. <laughs> um, but those those three shark attacks are kind of the beginning, middle, end of that first movie. Yeah, 
you like know the pond's the climax because you you actually see a lot of the shark at that last exactly attack. that's the first time you you actually get a good look at it. it's the first time you see its head surface and grab somebody because before that you don't see the shark which is is pretty famously written about is that the reason why you don't see the shark much in this movie is because they built a big robotic shark and it didn't fucking work no his name was bruce by the way his name was, they called him bruce uh spielberg's lawyer's name is bruce yep that is correct <laughs> it constantly broke down because it's a robot in water salt water mind you salt they tested yes. it in tanks no problems that's right that's what it was it was the salt water that fucked it up yep and so they had to get clever and and shoot around it a lot which makes the movie so much better because if you just saw the and that's the problem of every shark movie since jaws is every shark movie wants to show the shark a lot a lot a lot because even the the jaws sequels and every other movie, they just want to be like, look at the look, look at this big fucking shark. Yeah, you've seen it. You're gonna see it some more. Yeah, and it it works really well as an unseen entity. And like that's that's not a unique observation to me. That's what everyone says about Jaws. You don't get to see the shark, but it's little ways too. Like how in the second half, where the shark is always shown with the barrels. Even even after they start showing you the shark, they don't show it a lot. They show the barrels that are attached to it which is a really smart way to show where the shark is, how it's lurking, how it's hunting them at a point. And just how strong the shark is because they're just like three barrels. Three barrels in it. Impossible for Impossible. a shark. Impossible. Exactly. And he just sucks those suckers right down. And Yeah. Um, but so that, that first half of the movie, it is, and but all of those beach scenes, the tension is so well done. And the very first ones, when they're just sitting out at the beach before the kid gets killed, there's no tense music Nothing's. It's just Brody's watching. He's on edge, but it always just does these quick little cuts to underwater, to legs thrashing, and people doing things. So you just you feel something is coming, but yeah. you don't know what. People just kind of lounging in the water, and the movie is just making you be like, "Oh, something bad's gonna happen here." In very very simple techniques of just of literally just cutting to little moments of what would be the shark's perspective, basically. Even though we haven't made the shark known. No, we haven't seen it yet. We don't even know. It. And every every little scare moment that maybe is happening ends up being oh, someone fucking around, someone doing in something a, in a cap or yeah. And, and so it's a smart way too of of building tension constantly, uh, releasing it, subverting it, until the, finally just pow, boom! This kid gets eaten. Yeah, <laughs> and that's also too the second kill. Of this movie is a small child. Yeah. And that, like a little ten year old. Yeah, and that scene ends with his mom standing on the beach, being like, uh, Alex. Alex is yeah. It's just heartbreaking. Yeah, and it, then the best part later, we see this lady come back and she yes. slaps Brody because she found out the other woman died. Yeah, which is completely not his fault. And the mayor's standing right there like a dickhead. Just no, but you know why wouldn't you you blame him? You know, right? Uh, and again, just like you knew, all these people were dying of coronavirus and you didn't do anything. <laughs> you didn't do anything about it. You know, it's. Uh, that was a big one too. Yep. That scene, as I was watching it this time, being like, "Wow, the tension in this scene is so good," and didn't really have to be, because you could have just had the shark appear and get the kill, and it still would have been shocking and surprising. But just to just to take the time to the build up to was lay nice. that groundwork. Yep. Um, and then really earn you know that that beautiful famous shot of the vertigo effect on Brody of once the shark attack happens, you know, and the the background really you know morphs and stuff like that. Um, if you don't know the vertigo effect, how you do that is basically you you dolly one way but zoom the other way. Okay, yeah. So how you do it is you basically dolly in the camera closer while zooming out. Okay. So your your figure you're on stays in focus, stays in focus, and stays basically at the same perspective, but the background morphs because you're zooming. So that's how you do it. And you can do it one way or the other. If you, and then if you're zooming. If you're dollying back and zooming in, it'll create kind of the reverse effect of it. But that's what that's what kind of the vertigo effect is, and that was the it's called that because Hitchcock used it in the movie Vertigo. Oh, there you go. That's <laughs> that's how every time when Jimmy Stewart looks down at a high height and it does that weird yeah, morph, yeah, yeah. it's because they would move the camera while zooming the opposite direction, and so it creates this really almost seasick effect. It's why all these little techniques that are now yeah. used in like every movie, almost, yeah, you know, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like I've, I've, I was in film school and like tested that, and you can make it happen super easily. You just have to, as long as you zoom at like the same rate you're dollying, but do it opposite, you get this weird tunnel vision effect. That's what I like too about, especially Jaws. That for the time, that movie just looks good. It's a, it's just a good looking movie. The visual effects are super nice. Still, I mean, 
It, it still holds up, and because yeah. they couldn't show the shark. If they would have shown the shark as much, this movie would not be a classic. No. It maybe still would have been a hit then, but it definitely wouldn't be a classic. So we'd be like, get a load of that big fucking rubber no, shark. No, it'd be hokey as shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'd just be like, no, no. Nope. even at the end when it eats Quint, spoiler alert, I don't know if we have to worry about spoilers for this one. It's Jaws. It came out in 75. You know it. Uh, but like when it eats Quint at the end, like that's the first time you start being like, oh, it's a big rubber shark. But by that point, it kind of doesn't matter. Cause no, the, you're, you're in. You're the confrontation it. has been so built up that it doesn't matter. And the thing is, too, I've watched this movie pretty much once a year for the last like five years with people who've never seen it. There's always moments that startle them. Well, that yeah, that's the best thing. The scares uh, in this movie are still good. The one time me and Megan watched it recently, um, she was just talking about how her dad went to theaters. He didn't go to that movie, but he could hear everyone screaming in the theater over. Oh, really? And she's like, I don't know how you could be scared. And a pop part happened. Boom, jump scared. Yeah. And she was just like, okay. Well. My uh, my friend Rob, who I mentioned already, we saw it in theaters. We saw it at the Music Box in Chicago uh, a couple years ago. And uh, he had never seen it before. And it was great because it, like it was like a drinking game night, too. They had people. It was like there was a... It was like when this happens, drink whatever. And it was it was kind of a rowdy bunch, which was really actually fun to watch it as. Um, and he was getting drunk, and he just kept leaning over to me, going, "This is a very good movie." He just kept doing that. But then at the very end, when Jaws hits the cage from the other yes. side, when you don't see it coming, which that was the one that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. That was the one that startled me the most. Um, he literally uh, screamed at the top. Of, he went ah, and then he he was had he was drinking a Tall Boy PBR. He squeezed it so hard he couldn't finish it. He he clamped it closed, which was great because he's a you know he was like 29 at the time. <laughs> perfect and this perfect was, age for that. Exactly. And this was 2018. I'm like, it's just like this movie is still effective. That's what I mean. Yeah, because even you know, uh, you know my girlfriend seeing it when the when the head in the boat like that. Oh, the decombo said when that came in, she literally went ah. <laughs> that was after production too. They built oh, really? a boat in a pool, put milk in it to give it that look. Oh, and then they had the head come down, so that was something a little later. Stephen wanted an extra scare, extra scare really... in it. Yep. So did did they devise that whole scene later, or well, he was in the water like he was going to be, but he wanted that head to come down. That's what he wanted. Oh, okay, that was that little extra, you know. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know what else we have to add about the movie Jaws itself. It's one of those ones that it, it speaks for itself. For one, you don't have to say a lot. If it you does. see it, you're 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 gonna know what we're talking about. And even and, if you heard, if you haven't seen it, and you don't know anything about it, and we just spoiled part of it for you, it doesn't matter. No, you're really? still gonna have fun. I've seen it numerous times. It doesn't. It stop doesn't being matter because like E. T. I've seen that movie hundred times. I know every beat of that movie. When E. T. says, "I'll be right here," I fucking cry. Yeah. How are you gonna not? It breaks me every time. Because it's just so effectively done. It's okay to know how how something goes. It's like your favorite song. You know every every moment of it, but it makes you feel that same way every time. Yeah, it doesn't stop being good. You know? I remember the, I I had actually never seen until of this I mean like ten years ago, but I, I'd never seen Psycho all the way through. And I knew I knew everything about the movie. I knew all the I knew the twists in it. Right. The big scene. How it They've ends. shown that a hundred times. I knew all that stuff. Still though watching it all the way through it's an incredibly effective movie it's a very good movie it didn't affect my enjoyment at all and that's that's an incredibly hard thing to do yeah it's yeah like to make a movie where you can watch it over and over like you said at once a year and yeah. still enjoy it just as much still yeah it never gets old to me that's, it's still i still get done with it being like god that movie's so well done and i th- it's just that simple thing too of setup payoff cause and effect it's that's all movies really need to be it was kind of like when everyone was blown away with Mad Max Fury Road. Everyone's like, oh my God, the movie's so good. That movie is incredibly simple in its premise and its plot. Oh, <laughs> We've talked about it before. And it like is. you've said, you the, drive one way. Exactly. The plot of the movie, the plot of Mad Max Fury Road is, hey, let's go this way. Nah, let's turn back. That's the plot of Mad Max Fury Road. But that movie, it's because the the real drama of it are the little moments are just the, here's a decision, here's the effect of it. And that's what makes a good movie is movies can just be cause and effect. If you just set up something and then it pays off, you've made a good moment. That's what good drama is. Uh, when Jaws is attacking the cage and he's on top of it, that's real footage. They shot yeah, that. Yeah, that's a real you, footage you of a can, shark. You can definitely... Well, yeah, you can see where it's like, oh, this but, is just shark footage. So what they did with that was they put a small man in a small cage. Mm. I heard that. Yeah. So they could have a smaller shark attack it. And it was getting <laughs> through the cage. Yes. The man had a heart attack... 
Oh God. But that also caused them to change the script and they, yeah. they didn't kill Hooper because of that. Oh, cause Hooper was going to die he originally. Was, in the book he dies. Oh. So that's why they're like, well, all right, just escape down to the little rock there and we'll see you later. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, and we'll get a little bit more into the book in a second. We have a couple. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of research. What some of the stuff that inspired Jaws, Ooh. and both the book and some real life things that happened. Um, after this, it's not a commercial break. I think we're just we're just going to take a break. Yeah, we're just going to break. Yeah, here's a stinger. Farewell and adieu to you, fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu. Spain, for we've received orders for to sail back to Boston, and so never more shall we see you again. <laughs> Should we start this by cracking open another one? I, that sounds majestic. Ooh, I, it spurred it on me a little bit. Oh no, I got beer on my pants. Oh, see, man. You get the good sound from it. I'm good for something. You are. Let's try clinking again and see if this one's less pathetic. Nope. Still bad. Sad. I even hit my mic on that one. Still bad. We're okay. going to need to get some glasses up in here mm-hmm. next time. I just swear I've clinked bottles before and they haven't sounded like absolute shit. <laughs> Sorry, not, to, not to bash Sierra Nevada. I'm enjoying the beer. Beer's thoroughly. Um, Glass isn't very clinky, so... Not very clinky. Might write a letter. I don't know. Okay. Maybe do we need to create a scoring system of like flavor and then also <laughs> clinkiness? We might have to. <laughs> we'll we'll try to figure out which of the beers we have has the clinkiest bottle. I think that should be a good goal. That's yeah. So now we are into our like the third act of the show, if you will. Um our last little bit, which we uh, we're gonna this is how we're gonna kind of structure it. We're gonna have the intro, we're gonna talk about the movie, and then we're also gonna get into stuff beyond the movie, things that either uh inspired the movie or things about the movie that inspired us to research is kind of how we're we're approaching it one thing i do i did forget to mention though about the movie and it's just it's just a line of dialogue that i i forgot about and made me very happy is because chief brody is afraid of the water oh yeah yeah i guess that's a huge part we kind of left out we left that out but in in the dinner scene when uh hooper shows up to his house and uh, his uh, Brody's wife is talking. She goes, well, he's actually terrified of the water. There's a clinical name for it, isn't there? And he just goes, yeah, drowning. And that is maybe my favorite line of dialogue from the movie. That that whole scene's wonderful, though. That, that whole scene's great. When she first arrives and she's like, he's like, I want to talk to your husband. So do I. Yeah, yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's hard to quantify. And I know we just covered it. But it's like, it's just a well done movie. The characters feel like real people. Yeah. And they're not doing anything flashy. I mean, aside from hunting a giant man-eating shark, but like the way they act just in their homes are as themselves. They do that that little at the beginning of that scene is uh, Brody's son mimicking him, and nice little touching moment. It, it and... has no place in the story, but it's just like a this is just a family guy who's just dealing with this thing. That he just clearly he moved his family out here because he wanted to be done in New York to get away from troubles. Yeah, and it's just right on his doorstep. You know, now. it's. It does a great job being like these are just normal guys, and then the only one who like has, you know, this vendetta is Quint because he gives that speech about being on the USS Indianapolis, which is a true story. Some people don't know that. Even my girlfriend, I was just like, that's a real story, by the way, um, which we will be covering in a different episode. We're not going to cover the yes. USS Indianapolis here for now, but but we do have tuned. plans to cover uh, the full story of the USS Indianapolis. Um, and I'm excited to delve into that because I don't know a lot yeah. in depth, so I'm looking forward to doing there, some oh, research. There's another line I just thought of, too, that <laughs> I've loved for years because I forgot it was in the movie, but when Brody and Hooper are out on Hooper's boat, and he's just like, man, this is expensive stuff, like, you know, paid for by the Institute, and, and he's like, oh, well, I paid for most of it myself, and then Brody just goes, what, are you rich or something? And Hooper just goes, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love that it's. It makes you realize like sometimes in a movie you don't have to justify stuff. You'd be like, "Man, how do you have this boat? Oh, I'm wealthy. Oh, okay, all right. The end. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, cool. We don't have to worry about this anymore at all. <laughs> I think just the whole sequence leading up to the boat thing is great too. I'm not oh, drunk it, enough to get on this boat. Yeah, yes, I'm you not, are. I'm not drunk enough to get. Yes, you are. I'm not. Yes, you are. I'm not going to do it. You will. And then, <laughs> and then on the boat, he's drinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and ranting about. But in Amity, one man will make a difference. You know, it's yeah. I'm a fan of this movie. Again, I do. Yeah, just realizing how much I really enjoy this it's movie just, when I break it down. I know. It's it's just, we're trying not to spend too much time because I could just go scene by scene and just 
talk about the little things that are set up. But I, if you've never seen it, you gotta watch. It's one of those, it's one of the few movies that I think you have to watch. Do yourself no matter who you are, yeah. no matter who you are, I think you will get you'll get some out of you'll get some enjoyment out of it. And if you haven't seen it in a while, I beg you go watch oh, it. Again. Revisit, yeah. Aside from the movie itself, let's uh, dip into uh, some of the other stuff around it. Uh, what, do you, what did you want to cover first? Probably the Jersey Man Eater. Okay, I think that's so, huge. And this is a story that's actually covered in the movie. Um, yep, gets, real, real briefly. Very briefly gets brought up. Yeah, um, it's when it's the billboard scene, right? Isn't it brought up there? I think so. Yeah, after they uh, after they're out on the boat, the scene we just talked about. Yeah. Um, and they discover the boat that has a big shark tooth in it, the size of a shot glass, says Richard Dreyfuss. Yep. Um, I like that as a measuring a measuring device. Just like, is I this... use that. I use that often. Yeah, I, like, I, that looks like three shot glasses yeah. to me. When I tell Dustin how long something is, he goes, well, is it like a single or a double? <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but when they're talking about the, the billboard there, which, yeah, cause, which is great then when Hooper's getting so frustrated, he just starts laughing. And then uh, <laughs> Jess, my girlfriend, just goes, she goes, well, that's Fauci. <laughs> just got to just deal with it. Anyway, not to go back to that. Uh, but the, in that quick scene, they mention it's not the first time that this happened. Jersey Man Eater, nineteen sixteen. They just kind of rattle that off, and this has always been, I think, kind of considered the inspiration for Jaws. But you said in your research, you found Peter Benchley, the author of the book, said otherwise. I, I thought I saw that a few times where he said it wasn't the inspiration, mm-hmm. and the actual actual inspiration was a um, man by the name of Frank Mundus who caught a. 4550 pound great white shark off the Long Island coast. Okay. Which is unreal. That's that's huge. Say that measurement again. Uh 4550 pounds. 4500 that's massive. That's massive. That's so cuz how large they even say quick 25 feet is what they say in Jaws. They say 25 feet. Quint says at one point how much he thinks it weighs. And I think it's like four thousand pounds. I that's think it's even. I think it's even that's under. I was gonna say. I don't think he said as high as no, this actual. I'm pretty sure it's under this actual shark that got reeled in. So I really want you to think about that. There are sharks that big as Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> out in the world, I'm fascinated by sharks, and I appreciate them, and I think they should be protected. They do. They're one of the few animals that actually genuinely terrify me. Oh, what can you do against it? What are you gonna do if you're in the water? You're in its house. You're in its domain. You get nothing. I'm even kind of weirded out by like uh, taxidermied sharks, like yeah. like a taxidermy shark. I will I will not stick my hand in its mouth. I just won't because they already look dead when they're alive. Even uh, Quint says it, you know, with the, the black eyes, like a doll's eyes. You know, it doesn't even seem like it's living. You know that that whole thing. That's how I feel about sharks. But they're they're also so fascinating. Is it also because you watched Night at the Museum too many times and you assume things come to life after dark? They don't. Shit. We'll talk after. Are Are you trying to say things at museums don't come to life at night? We'll talk after. Okay. I don't know. I have to save for later. But oh, fine. Fine. Sure. All right. Jersey Man Eater. Let's get yeah, back to that. Jersey Man Eater. I read about it before I sprinting out of a museum at night. Uh, <laughs> the, sun, the sun was about to go down, so I got the hell out of there. Yeah, you don't fuck around with that. I do not. Do not. Uh, so yeah, this is the the Jersey Man Eater shark. That's that's kind of just what they call it, the Jersey Man Eater. Yeah, it, it became was... kind of the legend of it. It was like a twelve day period. Twelve or... days. I think nineteen sixty. We call that the age of reason, right? People were very reasonable in nineteen sixteen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. People were reasonable then? Yeah, 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 yeah. Were they? I think people still believe in vampires in certain parts of the country. No, they did. They absolutely <laughs> did. Yeah. When was the age of reason? It's not now. No, no. I don't think we'll, <laughs> I don't think we'll actually get there. Let's be real. <laughs> there was five attacks, four deaths. And it happened it happened on the coast of New Jersey, multiple areas. Pretty much in a river essentially. Yeah. Cause it yeah, because they doesn't it's, it's a shark that swam up a river. Yeah, and swam, started swam up inland. Yeah, it wasn't even like in the ocean. Yeah. So uh, between July 1st and 12th, 1916, uh, five people were attacked along the coast of New Jersey by sharks. Only one victim survived. Correct. Uh, Joseph Dunn was his name, but he did lose a leg, so it's not like he came out of this. <laughs> yeah, he didn't unscathed. He didn't just get away from the shark completely. Let's see. So it, so it started July 1st at Beach Haven, which was a resort town. That was Char- Charles... Epting Van Zant, yes. or Van Zant, Van Sant. I don't know. However you want to say it, man. Well, because it looks like Van Zant, like of 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 uh, of uh, Leonard Skinner fame, 
Uh, <laughs> but we, we but can if, go with that. But if it were one name, not Van Zant, but Vanzant. Vincent. <laughs> um, what do you have on him? I don't have much. I, I think from what I saw, he was from uh, Philadelphia, and yep, he was just out enjoying a swim, and uh, he got fucked up. That's and that's what it says in the corner corner report. It yep. says fucked up, fucked up, got fucked up by a shark. Our next man, Charles Bruder, Swiss man, twenty seven. Okay, uh, he was a bellboy. Some say bell captain. Bell he captain have, uh, he at, have ran at the, the Essex and the Sussex Hotel. Now, what's interesting too is this is forty miles, forty five miles north of the first attack. Yeah, so this thing's moving. So that's the thing too. In Jaws, like it all takes place in just this basically one beach of the island. Maybe in the, it's, at one point they say, you know, Brody lives in the other. Still, pretty, it's, pretty small island. It's a small island, though, but this is, and looking at, you can find the map. If you go to Wikipedia and look up uh, Jersey Maneater, you can find a, a a map of. It's a jaunt. He, uh, it's a, it's it's the whole coast of the state. It's yeah. pretty much all, it's kind of pretty much from Atlantic City all the way up to damn near New York City. Yeah. Because that's where Matawan is, and that's where, like, the main kind of shit that's goes where, down. That's where it gets, gets into the river, right? Yeah, that's where two two deaths happened. Okay, so yeah, just to, just to kind of re-focus uh, it. So July first, nineteen sixteen. Again, nineteen sixteen. This is this is a while ago. Before this, I I read that they really thought that I think sharks would never eat people. They no, kind of thought they had no clue. They, they, they no really idea. didn't think they were dangerous. Nothing. This is kind of the first moment in modern history of a shark attack happening or at least a, a man-eating shark i'm sure shark attacks had happened maybe sure, but, but not I, to this I, magnitude they're the, eating legs. i think this is the first time that people were being killed by sharks especially you know off the mainland you know oh if, yeah yeah if you're not, I'm sure, not out at sea i'm sure yeah if a boat went out bent went down i'm sure like well you know you're stuck there for the pickings you almost but, kind of expect it you're like yeah yeah well this is their house yeah <laughs> you know but uh but so that the first one on July first, uh, that that Charles uh, Charles Van Zant uh, of Leonard Skinnerd, uh, but he he was killed in in the town of Beach Haven on Beach Haven on July first. Um, what I love too is how this this article is worded. It just says, despite the Van Zant attack, beaches along the Jersey Shore remained open, which is again really uh, applies to Jaws and again our current situation. Of, yes. Despite bad shit happening, everyone ignored it. I always enjoy how we do not learn from our mistakes. We never have, and we never will. Which is, it's both, it's both hopeful and disheartening. Of like, oh, we've always been this way, but also, fuck, we've always been this way. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it also said there were sightings of large sharks across New Jersey and this is all before the second attack that we were already talking about where the bell captain got attacked so there was already concern and sightings of sharks in the area then when the second one happened but it wasn't enough to because you know scientists said hey sharks aren't really dangerous yeah you know they really only attack the elderly (laughs) I guess they're in Jersey, yeah. So, hey, you know what's uh, hey. they're fine. They hey, I was I wasn't even doing that on purpose, to be honest. That voice it just, just came out. It just happened. I was I didn't even mean to do the Jersey voice. Bell Captain Charles Bruder then is uh, is killed viciously attacked. By the way, both legs severed. Yes, and then uh, this was when attack or when uh, when panic started kind of setting in. This is when then in the area people start to be like, oh, okay. There might be sharks around here. Oh yeah, one of the big defenses was we should put nets up. We should we should net the ocean. Let's net the ocean. <laughs> well, cause especially too, uh, you know, Charles Bruder was was severe, like severely wounded because he got a bite in his abdomen and severed his leg, and then he he died on land. He died on the the desk of the hotel he yeah, was he just, the, the he bell just captain at. Bled out. They they brought him to shore, and he he died. It says uh, guests and workers in the at the Essex and Sussex Hotel and neighboring hotels raised money for Brewer's mother in Switzerland. Well, that's nice. Hey, there's something. So Let's even back something so, even back then there was a GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the government will do nothing to help you, but sure, we'll help out. We'll throw in a couple bucks. Good, good to know. Nothing has ever changed. Here's where it gets interesting, though, because then the next ones happened uh, in Matawan Creek near the town of Keyport. And this is another 30 miles north. So now this is now 75 miles north of the very first attack. Yeah, he's moving. He's 
This shark is covering a very large swath of area. Which isn't uncommon if you look it, at sharks. I mean, their migration is huge. Exactly. It's huge. not uncommon. They cover huge areas. Um, but I think, too, with, and we're going to cover it in the movies we're watching, too, a lot of them, it's just like, oh, a shark just hangs out in an area because this one spot has people to eat. But, like, really, in Jaws, even, it probably would have attacked someone on Amity and then gone to It'd a completely different island. It probably yeah. would <laughs> probably went to a different town entirely to eat somebody. This one shark or two sharks or whatever, it just says sightings of large sharks. Right, and no one knows. They don't even know for sure what kind of shark. Exactly. They have no idea. Scientists are leaning more towards tiger. There's tiger, and I also but, saw other ones saying it was a bull shark because yeah. since it eventually went up rivers, bull sharks live in salt and fresh they water. They go fresh, yeah, so it could have been that. Too. And they, they do think those tend to be... The most likely to attack a little people. More aggressive, yeah, yeah, right. They're aggressive. Because uh, I, I even read a thing that said um, they think a lot of shark bites that get attributed to other sharks are actually probably from bull sharks. Right. Um. So they just they just the dicks of the sea. Essentially, they're just the <laughs> they're the hyenas of the water. <laughs> they're the I hate hyenas. They're dicks. They're the Jersey Shore peeps of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> they're Jersey in the water. Yes. yes. But so here's what's interesting, and this was something you brought up to me, that once it got to Matawan, sea captains straight up said, like, hey, there's a shark there, and it's going up the river. And he was an old retired one, so yeah, that might be why what happens next Oh, no crazy captain on the drink. But so this is what's interesting, is eventually this shark or sharks go up river, and someone literally says, like, oh, hey, there's a fucking shark going up that river i saw a very big shark going up this river and the entire town of madawan goes nah that doesn't happen dude you got he's thick josh take it easy it doesn't happen come on it's a chinese hoax (laughs) yo did you hear Tommy's on the drink again he's talking crazy talking yeah well yeah tommy is thomas cottrell a sea captain uh, spotted an eight-foot-long shark in the creek. It's a big shark. And here's here's where shit gets real. Because this is when the shark goes up river, and then it kills an 11-year-old boy. And he was getting off early from work, you know, as a factory worker, as most 11-year-olds <laughs> I do love in that. 1916 it does, it does were say, doing. He got off work early from the factory at age 11. <laughs> Hey, Lester, why don't you go home early? Looks like you're working pretty hard today. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go down the river, blow off some fucking steam because I'm tired of working at the factory. I got to get home to my fucking wife. <laughs> We've had a few Oktoberfests by this point. Um, so, yeah, 11-year-old swimming in the water. 11-year-old swimming in the, the creek. Well, his friends basically just see him go under, and then they see a lot of red. and. Yep. What becomes classic uh, uh, shark attack uh, milieu, you know, <laughs> of <laughs> of you get pulled under and red, the end. You done got sharked. Did they find him or? Well, yeah, yeah. So he was in there and then um, the a 24-year-old, I believe he was, by the name of, excuse me, Stanley Fisher See, jumped I'm, in. I'm, I'm seeing Watson Stanley Fisher. Oh, Watson. That's yes. even better. Yes. All right. Mr. Watson Stanley. Oh, what Stan Fish? So anyway, he jumps in with a couple of his buddies to go because they thought the boy's having an epileptic seizure because he was epileptic. Oh, okay. But it turns out shark he's was done, munching at his carcass. He then got sharked. So then Stanley gets attacked as well, or excuse me, Watson gets attacked as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, did he? Okay. Yep, he ended up dying from his injuries. So did they? They find they they found the boy already dead. Yeah, he was dead. They didn't get his body okay. I think, until the next day. I read. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But so the people who tried to but go to save him got was attacked. Still too. feeding on the the boy Eey. when Watson went out Eey. there, and then he got he got got. Oofa doofa. Okay, he got got. He made it to the hospital, but then bled to death there. Yep. Um, and then the fifth and final victim, Joseph Dunn, a fourteen-year-old, um, he was attacked a half mile from that dock. Yeah. So. Man, I know. But this was nearly thirty minutes after the attacks, and so this was the same hour. Oh yeah, that shark was it attacked those two. So the other ones happened. You know, it, it's interesting because it's a twelve-day stretch. Yeah, most of them are pretty sporadic, except this last little the, bit. The first two was the first and I and the sixth, the first and sixth, and then the rest all happened on the twelfth. Which they had a warning, but hey, 
that old, old drunk Tommy, you can't believe his ass. Again, again, of how if they had just heeded a warning, maybe no one else got uh, attacked. Now, and this is interesting of what happened in the aftermath, because this is what happened in the aftermath of both this event and the aftermath of the film Jaws coming out. There then became this massive hunt for sharks. Oh, just unreal. Like uh, the, the 1916 one is probably one of the biggest... Just straight up, just everyone banded together yeah. and went out in the ocean to just kill any shark, to just find any shark possible and just kill it because yeah, maybe, because just... maybe it's because again they don't even know what type of shark it was. But so everyone just went out there and just started killing any shark they could find. And weirdly, this kind of happened too after Jaws. People went kind of shark kill crazy, a little crazy. I have a old news article from 1916, and it's armed posses comb coast to snuff out man eating sharks. That's a great headline. Right. That's a, <laughs> that's a wonderful headline. They're going to snuff them out. Going to snuff these sharks, see? See? We're going to get them, see? They, they done come and, and messed around with the wrong town, see? Coming around here flirting with my girl. <laughs> and then, yeah, after Jaws, there was a... Very similar reaction to where panic ensued, obviously. and uh... People were suddenly just ready to go out and kill sharks because i we've covered i well, or we haven't covered we you and i've talked about it uh peter benchley the author of the original book eventually went on to regret writing the book because it made people so afraid of sharks oh absolutely he was yeah just not not having it after when you said there was a moment that happened that made him uh him and his wife who also became a big you know shark pro shark gal pro- whatever you want to call it <laughs> pro shark gal one of those, yeah, see, one of those pro shark dames, <laughs> yeah. Anywho, uh, they were doing a dive off a coast. Wish I could tell you where. I didn't get that far into it, but definitely in water, though. It was in water, underwater, even if you will. And they, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I will. You will. I will. <laughs> and they spotted a lot of sharks that had their fins all chopped off, the dorsal and the two main fins, mm-hmm. probably to make shark fin soup, which is disgusting. I haven't tried it, but it doesn't. It doesn't sound great. And to me, the most disappointing part is how they only take the fin and then just drop the rest of the shark right in the back water in to just to dr- bleed out to just bleed out and drown. Yep, in in the water because they just cut its fins off. Yeah, so I think that was a big moment for him. Uh, I know he d- he took a, a deep dive with a shark as well in a cage. But there there had become this very anti shark sentiment again. And after Jaws came out, it was yeah. Very, and I think those killings weren't even for you know shark fin soup. It was no, simply just it was just to go kill Jaws. Yeah, everyone wanted to go catch. I, I think probably I'm I'm betting trophy hunters too. You would think people who wanted to just say seem cool. Look, I caught a big fucking Jaws. I got Jaws. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it it, it especially a lot of senseless death, especially with with sharks too, where you have to go look for them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're out in the you could just leave like they're not going to come get you in your house well and i was watching a interview except for our movie house shark that we're gonna write well yes there's gonna be many sharks in many houses (laughs) many that's the tagline many sharks in many houses no but i was watching a uh interview with peter bentley Mm -hmm. eventually eventually excuse me and he uh, i don't know what year it came out but he had mentioned in it that there was more deaths from bovines than there was sharks that year oh absolutely so that means more cows kill people than sharks yeah. in a given year. Oh no, it's uh the latest one is that uh more people get attacked by goats than sharks. <laughs> if that one, tells you something been, right there. I've been seeing that one go around like wh- shark attacks are incredibly rare. It's it's like you're more likely to I think you're more likely to win the lottery or something than actually get attacked I by a shark. Like yeah, they're, it's they're incredibly rare and I I know especially after jaws that was kind of the beginning of them being another pop culture staple and another the cultural idea that sharks were going to get you. Right. You know what I mean? And that has really persisted since 1975. It's true. I mean, growing up, I always kind of was scared of sharks yeah. for no reason other than probably the the Jaws movie pushing that agenda. Because I think everyone, you know, sure, it happened in 1916, which was, you know, but at this point, that's about as far away as 75 is to now if you think about it right and look how long we've still like jaws has maintained longer than the 1916 attack did to the 70s you know what i mean yeah it's still a a staple and we're at the point now you know it's it's not as long you know because what the 70s were 
50 years ago about now getting there yeah 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 because the 45th anniversary of jaws was this year i believe was that this year? yeah so tw- yeah 2025 will be the 50th yeah um but like really that that movie both created the fear and also the but fascination I'm sh- of sure that movie spawned you know it spawned a bunch of yeah horrible shark movies we deal with now yes which we are going to be getting into oh we will um but also you know and, and also the the fascination with shark you know like shark week um and stuff like that there there is just this kind of in those shows too if you watch them they kind of almost push the fear agenda a little bit too because there's a lot of shark attack ones especially they've gotten worse because i remember when shark week was around as a kid when i was a kid it was a lot more it was a lot more educational educational. it was meant more just like hey get a load of sharks and now it is they do a lot more of like the the bloodthirsty killers of the ocean always lurking for their next pre- when really factually and we'll get into this in future episodes too sharks genuinely attack humans usually on accident typically they think you're a sea turtle they, they think you're a sea turtle or a seal right they have no real taste for a human no um you know they are attracted to churning water and shapes you know it just they're they are just they're just animals yeah but yeah so that is the uh that's kind of the of the, uh, the incredibly cliff notes version of the jersey man eater shark yeah um, there's much more info but we wanted to you know, break there's it a down lot more. i would say yeah you know you know you you fucking look it up <laughs> no but it, it's uh these five attacks from what we say it was like 70 miles stretch yeah, total 70 miles some of which could have been prevented but in, that in the amount of sharks that were so many murdered for so <laughs> many sharks were let me see if they i wonder if they have a i don't think they mention how many but I've, I've seen where they say it's one of the biggest man hunts for animals in history i yeah because i i do wonder what that event alone did to shark populations uh you know granted because this would have been 1916 we would have had our maybe our oceans less ruined than they are now yeah i'm sure they were in <laughs> they're a, way more ruined now a little but. better shape at that point this may have been before. The, this definitely was before the island of plastic we had just floating <laughs> around. So, which I'm going to visit next summer. Did I tell you that? No, really? Yeah. You. It's a place you can visit. Oh, I'm going to find out. <laughs> Damn you! Fucking you had me there for a second, you asshole. <laughs> you you put a few Oktoberfests in me. I'll fucking believe anything. But yeah, so uh, that's the. That's the Jersey man eater and uh, uh, and the you know the kind of story behind uh, Peter Benchley, the author of Jaws. I've never read the book Jaws. I didn't. It's not very long. It, it seems like it'd be pretty easy to get through. I do hear th- there's a scene in the book apparently where Brody's wife has a sexual dream about the shark. I've read that, and I'm saying that now without looking it up to make sure that's true. But I think I read that in like a cracked article years ago. There's just this weird scene in the book where she has this like erotic dream about the shark. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I, yeah. That may pique interest for people to read it. So I think Peter will thank you. But he won't because he regrets writing it. Oh, it's true. Shit. Well, and. Uh, but he has said too, he, he has received many letters from children who are now interested in sharks because of the book. You know, so that's it's, fair. it's had a positive impact. You know, it, it has because I. Um, one of the times that I saw Jaws at the Music Box in Chicago was a time they had a representative from the Shedd Aquarium from in, in Chicago, and they were there to answer questions about sharks, to get into biology of sharks. Right, so I mean, the, the facts, there's some, some good happening from this. And, uh, well, and that person had straight up said that one of the reasons they got really into sharks was from the movie Jaws. So it, I guess it had a negative effect initially, but then eventually came around the other way. Well, I think so too, and I think a lot of, lot of directors today looked at that movie and decided they wanted to make movies. Oh, for sure. Because of that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so I guess it's okay if your art inspires people. It may inspire a lot of death first, <laughs> but then eventually you get some good stuff. Just wait it out and it'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play, yeah. Play the long game is what, <laughs> is what we recommend here at Sharktoberfest. Well, so that's going to do it for the very first episode of Sharktoberfest. Dustin, how do you feel? I feel good. I mean, uh, you know, we we just dove in. Mm-hmm. We just dove in. Yeah, we're, uh, you know, this one may have been a little all over the place. We're kind of figuring out as we do it, but... Um, we're kind of dipping our toes in the water. Oh, there we go. I like mm-hmm. that. I like mm-hmm. what you're doing there. Um, we So, yeah, we already kind of have our, our, I guess, our season or our month planned out of Sharktoberfest. 
Um, should we tease what the next one's going to be? Should we may as well oh, I think say we should, that? We should let them know. So, uh, so this first one, you know, we were doing what is arguably uh, not only the greatest shark movie of all time, but w- one of the greatest movies of all time. It totally started, by the way, we didn't mention it, started the blockbuster trend. Blockbusters already existed, but this, this movie straight up started the you released your big movies in the summer. Was all over, too. Everywhere. Every, you release them everywhere at once in the summer. Because movie releases used to be really doled out. Movies used to be in theaters for like a year. Oh, and Jaws was also, by the and way. Jaws was. It oh, yeah. stuck around oh, if a, if forever. A, if a movie was a hit, it was in theaters for a couple of years. People Which, don't realize that so now. It's so weird to think about. Yeah. It's crazy to think about now because now movies come and go so quickly. Oh, yeah. Three or four weeks are gone but unless a, they're really yeah. good. Because movies, especially before... You know, before home video or anything like that, you used to have movies that would get released. They'd be in theaters for a year or two, and then a couple years later, they would get a re-release because people would be like, "Man, you know, I fucking loved Casablanca." <laughs> so they'd be like, "Cool, here it is again for another year." They used to do that all the time. But so Jaws was the first one that was like, because people used to they used to dole out in different cities slowly, different countries. Jaws was the first one that was like all the theaters now in the summer. Everyone goes and sees this one movie, and that's what happens now. And like, now, yeah, now look where we are. So that's what it means. That's when when they talk about this is the first summer blockbuster. That's what they mean is just the how it was released. So our next one, though, is the next one that pops into my head when I think of shark movies. Because to me, it's the standard for schlock, for just pure, unadulterated fucking nonsense. Slash guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure, but it it used to be a guilty pleasure. It's turned into a, just a genuine pleasure for me because <laughs> I had to have the, the 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 hard talk with myself that this movie was maybe like, in my top ten favorite like, movies. Listen, <laughs> you fucking love this yeah, movie. You love this movie, and you need to reckon with that now, sir. Which is a little movie called Deep Blue Sea, um, which is a movie that literally tries to do Jaws stuff, like tries to match jaws for certain beats but in a way hokier <laughs> and ridiculous way but we'll be covering that and we have some uh, research off of that too that we'll get into uh that'll be our and we'll have a new oktoberfest beer but that'll be our it's our a, next episode. it's a very special movie to us so we're gonna do a very very deep deep I, yes, dive into that one that one is gonna be much more the, i know jaws we were a little more just like here's the vagaries of of jaws uh but with uh with deep blue seed that's one we're probably going to get into because there's a lot of issues of logic in there. <laughs> That's to put it really lightly. I'm, putting, I'm, I'm being very diplomatic <laughs> with Deep Blue Sea right now. But that's what we'll be covering next time. Once again, thank you guys so much for listening to this first episode of Sharktoberfest. I know we're a little all over the place, uh, and I we don't promise we're going to get better. Uh, we'll, we'll try to tighten it up. but well, ah, Maybe. But, uh, but my name is Logan Nielsen, and this is my good friend Dustin Pixley. Well, you can say something. Oh, well, hello. I'm Dustin Pixley. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening to Sharktoberfest. And as always, du brauchst ein groseres Boot. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.